Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, this week I have a super special guest. She is a resident badass, um, apparently authentic as fuck, and a world changer. Guys, please welcome to the show, Mariana Keith. Mariana, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Thank yeah, you for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, I was just going over your Facebook bio. Resident badass, authentic as fuck, world changer. With an intro like that, Mariana, I'm going to need to know what it is you do. Tell us a little bit about <laughs> yourself before we get started off here. I'm like this hodgepodge of, of wonderful smiles and happy, great times. But really, I am here to coach people into finding like the best version of themselves. They're badass. What does that mean to them? Um, you know, it, it looks different to everyone. It's physically and aesthetically different to everyone. It's mentally and emotionally different to everyone. And I'm here to help people find that person in them through their adversity, the challenges, the things that they've been through, instead of looking at it as a woe is me, it's a let's fucking kick some ass. I have so many questions for you. Like, uh -huh. how, how, do you how do you even begin to, to get into that industry? Because like, none of us wakes up as a badass. Like, so no. there must, there must be a story behind Mariana becoming that person. How do you even like begin to get into that? <laughs> I definitely, it has been an intentional process of building myself. Um, so you really would have to probably backtrack to when I was 17. I got pregnant early. Um, I uh, was doing a lot of drugs, partying, um, not doing the things that I needed to. But at the same time, I also was a fairly smart individual. Um, I had dropped out of high school at 16, got my GED and started college. And um, I was raised with a brother who was just um, IQ was, um, I don't even know what the number is, but it was, it's very, it's like genius level. So mm -hmm. they stuck me in gifted classes uh, alongside of him my whole life, thinking that I kind of would like catch some of his smartness. So <laughs> I don't, I don't understand where the thought was behind that. But, um, you know, I did excel for a very long period of time in school. And then, you know, high school hit and I got very bored and hormones and all the normal teen weird mm -hmm. stuff. Um, couple, I had like some sexual trauma as a child thrown in there, a little bit of variables there. Um, so when I got pregnant at 17, I was actively in college. I was going to get my, um, degree in criminal justice. I okay. wanted to do, um, something along the lines of actually forensic photography or, um, psychology inside of criminology. And, um, that got derailed uh, by about 14 years, took me to graduate um, with my degree with minors in um, psychology, life coaching, and Christian counseling. So okay. it's kind of a long gap in between there, ended up being in abusive relationship, uh, leaving that one, um, later getting married to a soldier, having a blended family, you know, losing a hundred pounds. I have just like this whole hodgepodge of life that's happened over a long period of time, kind of fast forward me to the last couple of years going through, you know, an international move from Germany, a divorce from a service member after 13 years, 
um, everything kind of coming derailed and unglued and me having to come back and literally pick my shit up and put it all back together. Like my parents were both deceased. I literally have no family other than my brother, which we see each other maybe every three, four years. Um, so nobody was going to come in and rescue me. Nobody was here for me to be a crutch. Like it was like, Hey, you and your girls are going to be back in America after six years being gone. You got to figure your shit out. And I just, I kind of lost it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it really like, I was holding everything together during the move during COVID. My mom died at the same time, trying to get back here and just start a life. And then two girls introducing them to driving in America it was a really, really, really tough period of time. And it, I'm, I will, I'm not going to lie. It crushed me for a little bit of time. I mean, and I it can, wasn't, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to, I literally had to wake up one day and be like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you have kids, you have shit to do, pick your ass up. Nobody is coming to save you. Let's move this shit forward. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get very intentional about how to recompose myself, how to start over as not being, you know, Mariana, so-and-so's wife or Mariana, the tax accountant or Mariana, so-and-so's mom. I had to completely start over. Who am I? What do I want to do? Where's my passion? Do I want to keep my job in Germany? Do I want to continue to straddle two countries? Mm -hmm. Um, I had to figure out a lot. And... That's, that sounds like a crazy, uh, crazy last 18 months or two years you've had, dude. I, it definitely has been. You know, but I can see how other people can learn from this because there's a lot of people going through the exact same stuff. What was the, what was the key moment that said, you know, Mariana, I got to get my shit together? What, what was that one thing that triggered that in your head that made you just say, fuck it, I'm in? I was, um, it was summer of last year, actually, that was like the big, I was already making movements forward positively, but summer of last year, you know, after we moved and we got here after like a month, I didn't, I was working remotely. I didn't know anyone or in a small mountain town, everything's kind of backwards here. Um, so I, I was in this funk where you know girls didn't have to get up early for school so I would sleep like till eight o'clock in the morning to me it was very late yeah um that's late to normal people yeah (laughs) I was not following any type of routine I didn't have an office to go to I was just I was not working out I wasn't doing anything I was just fucking off every day and I was upset and sad and I wanted to put myself to bed early and I was like fuck Nobody else is going to fix this. Let's go. And that was it. Huh? Yeah, that was it. And I was like, all right, 75 hard starts tomorrow. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. So mm-hmm. they say, you know, a lot of things about 75 hard. And I, I would imagine a good, uh, a good percentage of my listeners are going to know what it is. But for the ones that don't, just tell us a little bit about 75 hard. And then I want to dig into that journey and what it's done for your mindset. Well, and so that is exactly what it is. It's a mindset challenge journey, really. Um, You know, I think a lot of people have the misconception that it's weight loss and it's not, you know, obviously your body's going to change in that process, but um, it really is 
testing what you're capable of doing and the things that you thought you weren't capable of doing and structuring your day around two workouts, you know, one of them having to be outside and having forced yourself to drink a gallon of water that doesn't have mixins or mm -hmm. stuff in it and following your diet and not drinking and reading. And it's just putting those practices into play. It's implementing structure into your day, which I had none at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's holding you accountable to, uh, you know, these critical tasks that you have to complete each day and nobody's there holding you accountable. It has to be you only, and it has to be your integrity. Mm -hmm. And that comes to grow inside of you to be a, like, if it wasn't important before it becomes even more important. And the, the way that your mind does change. I mean, during that first round of 75 hard, I did, I was traveling everywhere. I think I went to five different states in that period of time. I was sometimes up at 2.30 in the morning to work out before I got on the plane. And then wow. by the time I was getting to do my next workout, it wasn't until 11 o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. You know, I was exhausted. I was beat, but I felt so proud of myself every single time I completed each day that was really tough like that, or it was in the rain or, you know, cold. It was, it was a huge challenge for me. And right. it just built my mental toughness more and more you get that little dopamine hit every time you check one off heck yeah i'm like cross <laughs> that up the list right there so out of all of the things on 75 hard what did you find the most beneficial to you as you were going through the program what was the one thing that really stuck out was it the reading was it the exercise it's definitely the exercise that's the that's the physically hard part to me that was what I wanted. Whenever I think of doing things in my life that are going to challenge me, I always think what's going to be hard. And so the physical part is very hard, obviously, especially I had gone from, I hadn't, I hadn't been in a gym and I hadn't done any type of exercise for a year. Right. So, you know, going, going into a gym where other people already know what they're doing, and you have to go back to the beginning with your form, with figuring out how to use machines, not looking like a jackal. Mm -hmm. um, it's intimidating. It's hard. Oh, it's 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 worse for it's worse for us because we get around college guys and they can all like lift a bunch of weight and stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, man, I used to be able to lift that much, I'm sure, but not anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's it's bad here. This uh, I live in a college town, uh, so you go to oh. Gold, you go to Gold's Gym and you're like, man. <laughs> I, I don't feel at home here at all. <clears throat> so how good did it feel the first time you hit that last workout and drank your last drop of water and read your last page of reading on day 75 the first time you did this? It was really exciting, but it was also very sad. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I happened to be in Vegas when I finished that and um, Andy Priscilla actually was speaking that day. So it was kind of a geek out moment for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I was sad because I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have it to keep doing the next day. And, right, right. you know, I, I had already decided I was going to do the live hard program and roll into the other phases, but then I had other people who wanted to do it, but didn't want to do it alone. So I was like, cool. I'll start a group and it just kind of started a thing. And now there's a whole bunch of people in it, which is really awesome. Um, I love seeing people get excited about their challenges and what they're doing and, and their changes. So it, uh, 
it's been super rewarding to see everyone in that group interact and hold each other accountable and support each other. It's very cool. So, so that said then, what do you think now that your mission in life has become? I don't know that it's definitely, um, like changed my mission in life, but I definitely, um, I've always had a passion to help people. I've always said, you know, I'm your hype girl. I'm your cheerleader. I'm the person who's like, you're doing an amazing job. Um, and so I've always, I've always loved being in that space and to be able to figure out how to turn it into a job has been really cool. Um, I think it's definitely ignited a passion in me for fitness and health further. Um, I am going to go ahead and get my personal training certifications and um, nutrition certifications done. I mean, I, I understand the background in fitness and health and, and it's, it's naturally very easy for me now. So it seems like a very good fit, but um, really, I just, I love to encourage and motivate people into doing whatever it is that they feel like is, is, is wonderful, beautiful, badass, whatever word they want to ascribe to it. I just want to help people feel their best. I totally get that. Um, what, what do you think in your opinion is the reason that most people fail at staying in shape and keeping on top of this stuff? It's not enjoyable. Oh, that's the truth. No, I mean, like, fucking real talk. I'm, I don't like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. I don't love it. You know what I love? I love my fucking confidence. I love how I feel afterwards. I Mm -hmm. love that it's the one place I can go and work out my aggression and be pissed off and angry and, and all of the things. I love that my confidence is on fire afterwards, but I don't fucking love going to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I don't love eating chicken breast and rice and broccoli, but what I do love is that I've broken an addiction with food. Mm -hmm. I do love that I no longer have a dependency emotionally on food. So a lot of people, I think they're like, oh, when they see people in the gym or they see these videos, they're like, well, that's just easier. You love doing that. No, I fucking hate it. I don't love doing it, but I love how I feel afterwards. This is great, man. So focus on how you feel afterwards and not on how it feels during. Yeah. And if people would wrap their brains around that, like, geez, it's not about, yay, cool. You can go to the gym and lift this, that, and other. It is about what you are doing for your body, how you are making yourself feel. I mean, it's, it's almost a no brainer. Anyone who's ever put themselves in a gym, they feel better when they're confident. They work better when they're confident. Confidence drives all these other areas of your lives, your productivity, your sexiness, your happiness, your fucking sex life, all of these things. Confidence is going to drive that. It's going to get people noticing you, paying attention to you. People think I'm like this shiny thing everywhere. No, I'm just confident as fuck. <laughs> because you spend all the time in the gym, right? Because I spend the time putting in the work and making myself look act feel perform the way that i want to what i think is amazing like i've spent a very long time figuring out what do i want to look like how do i want to talk how do i want to interact with people how do i want to communicate how do i want to feel around people i've been very intentional about all of those things to build myself into exactly who i am people like it some people don't i don't know nobody's told me they don't yet so (laughs) i'm doing doing okay so far so um I, I attribute that a hundred percent to my confidence. Well, it obviously exudes from every pore. I mean, we're definitely picking up over the, uh, over the zoom chat here. You're a very, very confident lady. Um, what would you say that 
excites you the most moving forward now as, as you're starting to onboard your own clients and, and do this, what is it about the future that excites you the most? Seeing who seeing people change for the purpose of power and influence. Mm -hmm. Like we, I do, I absolutely believe we have, we have a duty. We have an obligation. We are, you know, going back to the American mandate that Andy Priscilla put out, you know, a few months ago in Vegas, that just like it hit and it stays there. We have an obligation as small business owners to affect and change and make waves in the world because we can Absolutely. in the way that we run our businesses in the way that we hire people in the way that we, we perform in the way that we treat people and how we care about people and how we give, we have responsibilities to be there in, in a position of power and influence. I couldn't agree more. And yeah. You can't do that if you are a sack of shit. If you're drinking yourself to, to death every night, if you're trying to tell people to do great things and you can't even do them yourself, you have to be able to perform in a high state of, well, in a performance, in a high state of performance. You have to be able oh, to do absolutely. that. Yeah, as, as business and owners, we, we've got to lead from the front. And yes, when you realize that no one's actually in charge or we can do anything we like if we put our minds <laughs> to it, the, the entire world opens up. Yes. As they start coming into your program, Mariana, where do you find that most business owners are falling short? Do you see a repeatable pattern? I'm I'm trying to dig here for stuff that our that that, that our listeners today can uh, can take away with them and just start to implement into their lives. So, is is there something that stands out to you as as, as something that most business owners are falling short on? Oh, it's always time mm. and busyness. And we don't have enough time because we're too busy, oh, but we're not, no, I know. we're not busy. <laughs> we're not busy. And I will say it's like, Josh and I had a conversation about this a few weeks ago. We're not busy. We're unfocused. Mm -hmm. We're not, I mean, you know, there's so many great quotes you could throw out right now, but seriously, we're not focusing on the things that are going to get us the things that we want. We're just busy. Yep. And that's not productive. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. And I think too many people are getting caught up on that. Um, too many people are getting caught up on not being able to delegate because they feel like they are individual and unique to their job. I completely Which is agree. True. Very true in a lot of situations. <laughs> there can only be one of you, you know, in, in, in a lot of job areas, that's true. But that doesn't mean you can't delegate all of these smaller tasks to other people. No, not at all. You know, it, it generally takes at least three or four hires to replace what an entrepreneur does within their business. I think a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs they get so focused on the on the stuff right in front of them, they can't see that they're wasting time with ten dollar an hour and fifteen dollar an hour tasks. When in in all reality, yeah. those should be automated or delegated or, or even eliminated and just move on after it so yes people don't know i mean and it, it's it's not groundbreaking earth changing you know stuff it's it's things that people don't want to pay attention to because they feel selfish doing it mm -hmm. you know hiring someone almost for yourself or to delegate tasks to feel selfish in our minds it's it does. not yeah but it does feel that way. But, and so we're like, no, that's a luxury we really can't afford, but you can because your value per hour mm -hmm. is worth way more than the $15 that you can delegate it for. Well, it's interesting you, you, you touched on the word luxury. 
um, mm-hmm. because we were taught as kids that that is a luxury is hiring people to help you do the menial tasks. But in, in reality, it's a necessity if you want to grow. If you want to grow past $10 an hour tasks, you have to stop doing the $10 an hour tasks and train the people and systematize them and put those processes in place. And then your $10 an hour tasks get done anyway, right? Absolutely. So Get rid of it. <laughs> I'm gonna dial you, but I'm gonna wind you back in a minute, Mariana. Um, I I want to go to some failures. I want to go to what what's one of the big failures that you've had in business that sticks out in your mind, and uh, not only the failure, but I want to know what you learned from it and what you carry forward with that uh, for today. Ooh, wow! Or in in more in layman's terms, where'd you fuck up and what'd you learn? You know, um, I uh, does it have to be my current business or no, no, no? Business? Just just trying to pass lessons on to uh, to the people okay. coming up. You know, I definitely would have been a delegation when it came to um, you know, kind of what we were saying and 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 growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so stuck in thinking that I was the only person who could get these series of things done when I was uh, running my catering business. Um, that I wouldn't outsource anything. I wouldn't hire anyone else to come in and do anything with my prepping, with my um, organization, with the payments, any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it kept me stuck in a place of just absolute burnout. Because all that stuff can be systematized, correct? All of it. All of it could what, have been. What happened when you did that? I didn't. Oh, so what was, what was the outcome? I absolutely didn't. The outcome was that I burnt out so badly. I walked away from that business. Mm. I absolutely walked away from it. It was a business that was growing day by day. I mean, I was close to, I literally started this business in my, in my kitchen Mm -hmm. um, and was projected to hit six figures, you know, after two years doing really well. Um, And I walked away from it. I was like, nope, I'm done. Too much. Yep. Because I was not willing to bring people on because I didn't feel like I could. And I didn't feel like anyone else could do it as well as I did. I got my own way. How -hmm. many, because, you know, we've all done that. We've all done Mm -hmm. it. Every single one of us. And, you know, I wonder how many entrepreneurs are listening to this show that are A, going to be kicking themselves because they're currently doing it or B, um, going to have a uh, an aha moment and, and wake up about it because you know actually systematizing and hiring help was the critical component that gave me the the freedom to to move up in my business and replace myself so uh mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's uh it's strange how we learn isn't it yeah i definitely was in my own way in that space um you know, I, I went on to do different things, which was fine, but um, I could have scaled that. I, I could have done really well there. I mean, yeah, but looking back, I mean, that's that's where experience comes from, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's, making those, it's making those mistakes and using them as that foundation to learn and to grow. So were you always stubborn? Um, how long did it take you to hire a mentor and plug into some people that could educate you? Um, yes, I've always been very stubborn. Um, I have always felt like for whatever reason, um, I had to do all of my work, all Mm -hmm. of it. I couldn't 
you know, give it to somebody else to do what I needed to do it. Um, and if I couldn't, I shouldn't, you know, be doing it. So, um, it took me, <laughs> it took me a very long time to come around to the fact that I needed help and that I needed coaches in my life as well. Um, and it has only been in the last two and a half years that I've fully embraced that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a huge game changer. I mean, it, you need people to be accountable to in some way, shape or form. You need guidance, you need mentorship, you need, um, one of the things that I kind of likened coaches to, it's like all car education, right? I right. get to go and I get to hit up this person who has an expertise of knowledge. I get to pay for the things that I want from this person, pick and choose. And I get to move forward. I don't have to go through school for two to four years. I don't have to do all of these different things. I can go and I can literally download this information that this mm -hmm. person has spent a lifetime getting themselves and becoming an expert in. And then I can learn from them and I can grow from them and be mentored by them. And it's brilliant. Yeah, it's just compressing time, isn't it? It's to where yeah. we can go and get the very best of them. That's why I like books, man. If you think about a book and what an accomplishment, what a milestone writing a book is, you've got to accept the fact that, man, if this is in this book, it must be just about the most knowledge they can give on the subject. You mm -hmm. know? And and people don't realize, you know, for a ten dollar book, you can get years and years of knowledge from from other people. Absolutely. You uh, you're on. I wasn't ready to go here yet, but we will. You're on. You're on seventy five hard. What uh, what books are you reading recently? You got any good book recommendations for us? I actually, so I just finished the second. I've actually been running through a whole bunch of the Apex authors recently. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I just finished, I read the, um, the, I am a comeback book. I just finished that one last night. And then this morning I started Jessica Dennehy's book, Pivot and Slay. Oh, which, yes, yes, yes. Oh, she is awesome. I really do love, I mean, honestly, her, her book is genius for anyone. You know, it's definitely taken you into a different mindset of how to look at, at things that you're doing. It's awesome. That is one of the books on my coffee table. Um, I've got so many on my coffee table that I haven't read into yet. I've actually been um, reading old books uh, here for a, a minute or two now. The the old ones, uh, again, revisiting them. Uh, Richest Man in Babylon, Think and Grow Rich, How to Make uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, mm -hmm. the, the ones that have been around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fascinating how they still apply now. And some of them are like 100 years old and the, the principles uh, still still apply there so i i love to uh i love to read and i love that we've got so many friends that are authors um you yes. work, you working on a book yet i am i am no way <laughs> i am chapter two it's a slow process you know i'm i got everything going on right now but i'm plugging away at it yeah yeah i've i've got i've, I've got one i'm working on too i'll just i'll keep it uh i'll keep it a little bit quiet but Ooh, uh, no so did you ever think you'd grow up and be an entrepreneur and a life coach then? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> what did you want to be? You know what? Um, I watched uh, Silence of the Lambs when I was younger. I wanted to be Jodie Foster. I wanted to be in the FBI. I think, I think a lot of young women that were around when Silence of the Lambs came out wanted to be her. Yeah. Uh -huh. She was <laughs> such a badass. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally agree 
Okay, so circle back around, get us back on track here, Mariana. You are now a um, life coach, uh, for want of a better word. You literally help business owners through all aspects of their setup. Tell us a little bit, if you will, about that process and what working with you would be like. Um, well, obviously, everybody is different. So um, I really like to get on the phone with you, talk to you about what it is that you want to change in your life. What are you looking to focus on? There's some individuals who just want accountability. Like, they just want me to help them stay accountable. There are mm -hmm. some individuals who want to run through, I want to change my mindset. I want to do better in this area. I want to focus on this. I want my health and fitness to be better. Um, so I have access to the training. I have training apps. I have um, nutrition to go through with individuals who are wanting to focus on the health and fitness part. Um, and who maybe necessarily don't feel like they need life coaching at the time. Right. Um, so it really is going to be tailored to what it is that you're looking for. What do you want to change in your life? I love to run through a list with individuals of finding out what it is that you find to be badass or um, that you're looking to build yourself into. Mm -hmm. Because ideally, I want to help you um, build yourself a very similar similarly to how I was able to build myself into what I want Each, taking each of those comp components and, and putting them together to make you what you want to be. I get it. So a lot of mindset work and a lot of work on the, on the mind, body and soul as though it were, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Do you find like most people come to you with similar issues? Um, not necessarily, no. Um, I have this, I don't even know how you would explain my personality. Uh, it's a, I think it's a good blend of like masculine and feminine. So I get a lot of um, individuals who maybe are a little bit um, lacking in terms of like their voice, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Like maybe a little bit more quiet, more introverted, but they really are drawn to my personality because it's way more of what they would like to be. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's really been a different type of people. I've been kind of surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, Which is, it's been very flattering because there's, it's been individuals that I didn't really even know would kind of be an audience of mine that, mm -hmm. um, it's been really cool to see the different individuals who have popped up. I've loved it. <laughs> well, well, that's that's really neat. Um, I'm, I for one have enjoyed um, watching you break into our group and uh, enjoyed watching the progress and seeing, uh, seeing the growth that you've uh, that you've dropped on us a little bit. You've done uh, you've done very well, and you've lost uh, you lost quite a bit of weight over the last few months as well. Um, I, I don't know weight or fat, but you've definitely uh, re-sculpted yourself. So you're going out and leading from the front and uh, and being the example that people want to see, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to. I mean, if you want to make change, you got to be the change, right? I, I mean, I think so. I just, like, <laughs> I, you know, I like ice cream and I like cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm... I, uh I work out one time a day, um, and I'm I'm sticking to that very well. I don't know how I would, uh, I don't know if I would jump all off and go to uh, go a two workouts a day. How do you manage to like balance work and life when you're working a program like seventy five hard? 
Okay, so the beauty of it is, is that, you know, obviously entrepreneur get to pick my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I have tailored my schedule in such a way that 75 Heart is very easy now in my life. You know, um, I wake up at 4.30, I get my stuff done in the morning that I need to do, take my pre-workout, go to the gym, come back, do some emails, clean up around the house, do a couple of other things. And I usually am doing my second workout by like 11, 12 o'clock. Oh, wow. And I'm done with everything by noon. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the, the rest of my actual work day starts then, you know, I get to choose my hours the rest of the day. If I have, I have some clients on the West Coast who it's a little bit of a pain, you know, but they're three hours behind me. So, um, you know, I'll tailor some of my days to stay up a little bit longer to chat with those individuals. But, um, because I do have the luxury and the freedom to do that with my schedule, it's, um, made this round very, very, very nice. The first round I was not as fortunate, Uh, (laughs) you know, I had multiple jobs, multiple um, flights to different areas, doing different things and was all over the place. And so it was uh, definitely much more intense and challenging. Um, But I think, you know, you just, you come to a point where you make it a priority in your life and you no longer say I'm too busy. It's you know, I already know my calendar in the morning. My priority is that I'm doing these things in the morning and my workout. Mm-hmm. My first thing isn't going to be your phone call or your appointment or your whatever. It's going to be me. Right. Because I'm going to perform better for you if I've done the things I need to do. So it's not even an option anymore for me in my day to think about it not being a part of my morning. Whereas I think there are entirely too many people who wake up and say, well, I have all these things to do. Where can I fit in the workout? Yeah. 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 But for me, it's just hard going out in the cold at four o'clock in the morning, but uh, I do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I do. So what's that trigger that gives you the motivation to keep getting up and keep going? There's something that grows in the back of your head that just keeps you being a badass that we can tap into. I was thinking about that this morning when I was in the gym. Like, why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I honestly, I was sitting there and the only thing I could kept sitting there, like just kept repeating to myself was don't fucking quit. You can't quit. Like, I don't, it's just become a part of my mantra and the things that I say to myself when I'm there, because there are so many times when I'm sitting there and I want to give up. I want to go home. I don't want to be there. I don't want to do another freaking push up. I don't want to do jumping. Like, I don't want to do these things. I want to go home. But every single time, because I've just put it in my head over consistency. Yeah. It's just don't fucking quit. Just don't. Do do you have a trainer or do you just go up there by yourself? I don't have an in-person trainer. Clint is my trainer. Okay. Um, I don't have an in-person one. I did. Uh, unfortunately, there's a little bit of a snafu there and that fell through. So um, <laughs> it has just been it has just been me, um, which is really hard because I, to be quite honest, I'm one of those people who does need, I need accountability myself. That's right. why I went and hired a trainer at first when I first started 75 Heart in-person trainer. He ended up screwing the pooch and 
I had to completely rely on myself. It was a little bit disheartening, kind of pissed me off. Um, I don't know how, so how hard I is it to be a trainer, man? How hard is it to mess uh, this up? Don't you just got to count to 10 a bunch? No. Mark, Mark Zalmanoff's <laughs> going to kill me. Like, just count to 10 a bunch. Do some burpees. I don't know how you'd mess that up. But he yeah. was a good trainer. Unfortunately, um, the there was a little bit of a scandal there in terms of the integrity. And so that caused a huge kink for me. I went there with the intent of training. That's what I wanted. I didn't want something else. So I had to break off from that, go to mm -hmm. a different gym. And then I hired Clint. And um, it's been very difficult. I do want someone at the gym when I show up to perform. It does keep me moving faster, longer, and more consistently. Um, but I've had to recognize that about myself. It's just not an option. So it's something that I have to do on my own. My, I could let it be an excuse or I could do it myself. My workouts with a trainer are always 110% more than than my workouts by myself. You you don't realize just how much that additional person there pushing you makes you uh, makes you go a little harder. So the fact that you do it without one is uh, is very very um, it's very humbling to me because I'm <laughs> I, I'm not the most motivated guy in the gym. Maybe maybe I should change that around. <laughs> So this this show is aimed at guys that are coming up that are behind us a little bit and um you know obviously we're we're similar ages. Um what's what's one thing you wish that that young Mariana knew about your current lifestyle and your current life? Is there anything you you'd go back in time and let her know? Yeah, stop getting hung up on what other people think. Mm. Nobody else's thoughts have ever been uh motivating driving force in in my life mm -hmm. so the fact that i let them impact me for so long um i wish that i had been able to kind of push that to the side a long time ago um and not care about what other people thought for so long um because it took me a very long time to get to a point of just being very unapologetic about who i am mm -hmm. and that was not always the case um and i love who i am so I, I really enjoy living as me and living my life just like totally on fire, no filter, let's go. So um, that's what I would encourage myself to just give less fucks about people's opinion when I was younger. Once you learn to understand that, and, and I'm saying it like some wise old guy, I mean, I didn't really learn it until about two years ago, that yep. um, people's opinions of you doesn't matter unless they bring you joy or happiness or money. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, if, if they're clients, yeah, you kind of want to take care of that. But for the most part, um, unless I want them in my life, I really don't care anymore about their opinions. Whereas we tend to spend our 20s and a lot of times into our 30s trying to spend money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people we don't know. And uh, I think that becomes a uh, a rut that a lot of us get stuck in, my, myself included in the past. I mean, I don't anymore. Oh, when, me too. When I gave a fuck what people thought about me, then, then yeah, it's like, it's it's a little bit different. So, um, anyway, I don't know. We have to figure out the next question and keep this, uh, keep this podcast interview moving. Where do you see your business going over the next 12 months, Mariana? What have you got in store for us? I do believe that my coaching is going to do really well. Um, and then I want to, um, I'm going to be launching my apparel later. 
Mm-hmm. And I also am going to um, be moving this oh, summer. So, so whereabouts in Texas are you moving to? <laughs> um, so Texas is actually on my list. There's one of two places. It's either Utah or Texas. I'm more um, prone to moving to, to Utah right now. That is mm-hmm. on my bucket list um, of places to be. And I will be there next week house hunting. Oh, wow. So, so serious then. I am absolutely serious about it. If I don't get up and make moves, I'm not going to do anything and I will just sit in the same spot. So got to keep it it moving. Go and see um, some places, what I want to to consider strongly out there. And then um, I either towards the end of the year or rolling into the next year, depending on which location I end up into, I am definitely going to be starting my own online boutique. Um, very excited about that and just doing a couple of other things. So I see that the coaching is definitely going to grow. It's going to grow into something that I'm not even sure that I can really wrap my brain around, but I'm very excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we got to hire some staff for the coaching company then and, and oh, figure out absolutely. what to delegate and figure out how to build it. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so assu- assuming you got all that done, is there a dream occupation you want to try? Is there anything that's hanging on there? Like, you know, fight a pilot or are you where you want to be now? I mean, I am one of those people who is always like super curious about jobs. I really, <laughs> I don't know why I've always just wanted to do every job. Um, I don't think there's, there's much else I would want to do monetarily wise, like mm-hmm. to earn other than this. I do have a passion to want to be at a point in my life to where the money that's coming in can flow into what I really, really, really want to spend my time doing. And that's just giving freely, a hundred percent giving freely. And, um, my, my heart has always been in, um, victims of sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I really want to have a rehabilitation home for victims to come to, to reintegrate, to learn job skills, to learn how to live again, to get healing, um, and to get back into the world after they've been through so much. So that is a very long-term goal. At some point I will be able to take all of the money that I mm-hmm. uh, need to earn and focus it into the things that I want to do like that. So I'm never more on fire than when I'm giving my time and my money just freely mm-hmm. without constraints. And that's really where I want to be is a hundred percent full-time giving. You know, the funny thing, Mariana is, you know, a, a, more, many more people are going to listen to this than watch it, so they won't actually get to see. But when you switch subjects and stop talking about business and started talking about philanthropy, your whole face and body just lit up and changed immediately. So I, <laughs> I can tell that's where your passion is. You just exuded it straight across the screen to me. So I'm, I'm yeah. Uh, for, for those guys uh, listening and not watching, you. Uh, this woman is telling the truth. I can tell that's what she wants to do. Her, her whole demeanor changed. So thank you for um, opening up like that. Um, just a couple more questions for you, and then we're gonna um, we're gonna wrap this up. Um, for those of us that are watching, that look up to you and see you, um, would you consider yourself successful, or do you still feel? Absolutely. 
do you still feel like the imposter sometimes? There, every single day that creeps in my head, every single day I'm like, I have no business doing this. I have no business in these spaces with these people. I have no business telling anyone what to do because sometimes my life's a shit show too. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, am I I am successful. I am a success story in my mind. I came from being a, a, a single, um, you know, 17 year old mom mm-hmm. working three, four jobs to owning the time that I want. I mm-hmm. work when I want to work. I get to be home with my girls more often than I'm not. I get to live in a sleepy, quiet, small mountain town right next to a mountain with a creek in my backyard. I get to have a vacation rental property 40 minutes from here mm-hmm. that makes money. I get to go and hang out with people whenever I want. I get to drive down and hang out with my friends whenever I want. I get to fly whenever I want. My life is amazing. I consider that a hundred percent success because it's exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And yet, I mean, we consider you a success too, obviously, but yet you still have that imposter syndrome up there in your head. What advice do you have for somebody listening that's maybe struggling the same way you are, that, that, that's got some, uh, got some success under their boots, but still doesn't feel like they're in the, uh, the right room? Ask why does it matter? Because that's, I mean, that's literally what I have to do. You know, I, I was listening to uh, someone talk the other day. Maybe it was Jessica Dennehy. I'm not even sure kind of people run together, but, um, you know, asking yourself these questions of um, why does it matter? We're talking to ourselves all the time. Why mm-hmm. does it matter? Why does it matter what anyone else thinks? Worst case, what's going to happen? If they don't like you, if they don't like your message, or they don't like what you say, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Exactly. If I throw up a post about this, that, or the other, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Mm. Best case scenario, someone's going to pop in my inbox and be like, hey, you are really awesome. I love your message. I love what you're saying, which is what typically happens. Worst case, someone's going to tell me I'm an asshole and shut up, right? <laughs> that's, I mean, that is literally that's the it. worst thing that can that's happen it. to me. So that's what it. is stopping me? What's stopping me from sharing? Because every time I share, it's impacting someone. Yes, ma'am. If I shut up, nobody's going to be impacted, and that's cool. Nobody heard anything. But I have yet to get a negative message from anyone. I have yet to have anyone tell me anything bad, rude, negative to date. So the worst thing that could happen to me so far hasn't even happened. I'm just making it all up in my head. So what the fuck? Move on. I love it. For guys, for those of you listening, um, successful people get imposter syndrome too, and that's how they crush it. So great job, Mariana. (laughs) All right, last question, uh, as always. um, For those of the guys that have enjoyed the show and want to learn a little bit more about you and where to get a hold of you, where can they follow you online? I am on the Instagrams. I'm on the Twitters. I'm on the Facebooks. Mm. Uh, my landing page is being completed now, but it's kind of like half cocked. So okay. just get up in my DMs. Right. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm under there as beautiful underscore X underscore badass. Mm-hmm. The mouthful. And then um, on Facebook, Mariana Keith. If you want to come follow me on Twitter, which is, you know, I'm very new to it. You can all <laughs> 75 hard stuff. It's all a bunch of like thrown together hodgepodges of things. But 
it's having fun, you know, getting out there. It's just sharing a message. It's encouraging other people to share their message. That's what I want to do. Shine my light. Well, I love it. And you're certainly shining on us today. We sincerely appreciate that. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up now. But if you have a few minutes, run on over to Instagram and give Mariana a follow. Uh, we'll put her tag in the show notes, but it is beautiful underscore X underscore badass. Is that correct? correct all right run on over there give her a follow and uh, as always guys if you've enjoyed the show if it made you laugh if it made you cry if it made you think do me a favor share it out run over to itunes leave us a review uh, talk to a friend about it and uh, above all yeah just let everybody know because that's how we get the word out and that's how we go around improving people's lives all right that's going to be it from me mariana thank you so much for coming on the show my dear i sincerely appreciate you thank you thank you thank you i appreciate you all right, guys, you'll be good. Stay safe and uh, tune in this Friday for another episode of Friday Fire. I love you guys. Have a great week. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at TXFoundry. Thanks for tuning in.